0: good morning this is Doc Scott and I'm sorry that I am late today I'm going a little nuts Um, went to Tennessee this past weekend to Nashville and um, so that I could go through my um, commencement ceremonies um, for my doctoral program and um, you know i graduated in december got the degree and then the ceremony doesn't come until may and so i was there for for that and it was kind of interesting because um you know it was a little anticlimactic in some ways <laughs> because i'd already done all the work and already gotten the degree but i was you know it's like commencements once a year but it was a good thing and i um I did enjoy it. I was sitting there though, while I was waiting to go up and I'm, you know, my parents are there, my wife's there and it's like, I'm getting ready to they were getting ready to call my name and whatnot. And I was like, Lord, you know, this is so, um, this feels anticlimactic, and this feels like, you know, um, like I'm already done this, but it was like, I knew too, that it was important for my parents. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me And I realized that it was also important for me. And here's why, because what he basically told me about being at that ceremony, it wasn't about the ceremony as much as it was about completion. In other words, I had this distinct feeling that, um, you know, we talked a lot about being seated. So that's kind of the background for this. And in every seat that we're in, when we're actually in the seat of our authority, which that's that's our word, my buzzword, Jamie's buzzword, it's our buzzword for what does it mean to be in that place of convergence where we are literally all the things that we have done our whole life are bits and pieces of what we're really about and what we were created for, what our purpose is. And when we experience convergence, we, we end up coming to a place where we actually get to do what we were created for. And along the way, we are usually doing bits and pieces. We get to see different aspects of our personality and our gifting and we, we do things really in part, you know? And so, and many times we end up feeling like, I know I have, like everything I've been doing has been really good, right? And, um, everything I've been doing is like really good. And like, I could see places that I function and where I could see God's favor, gifting, anointing, all those things. And, um, it's kind of like Joseph in the prison, you know, he was always, um, he always had favor wherever you plop that boy down. He did well. If he was in prison, he ruled the prison and so but we also talked about how the greatest war i'm going to i'm just summing up this little part to get to the part i want to say but essentially we we get to that place of convergence like without not without a battle okay so the battle the biggest battle that we face is usually getting to the very place that we were created for and a lot of times on the way there we do cycles right we how many times have we come to the place or been at a threshold that we needed to cross to go into a new era, a new season, um, et cetera, and then had things blow up? Um, it's really interesting. I can ask that question in any crowd and all the hands go up. But if I, sometimes I have to ask it a couple different ways. Like how many people here have ever experienced the perfect storm or the enemy where he tried to take you out and then all the hands go up. Right. And so we all know that part of the journey and we've been in that part of the journey. So the battle is to get me is on the way to my seat, because the enemy knows that there's an assignment attached to my seat. If he could take, and that assignment is the thing that is connected to the purposes and plan of God on the face of the earth. So we are all part of that jigsaw puzzle. With an assignment on us and that's why god on one hand moves heaven and earth to get us into that place you know um sometimes we have to do things like cycle like for example how many of us have children that we've kind of wa- watch wander for a long time and we wonder like when are they ever going to come into their own as a believer and you know kind of embrace the things that we long for them to embrace why do sometimes we feel like we have to have seasons of self-sabotage or seasons of um you know where things just blow up? Are we gotta go off the rails? I mean, how many of us have those seasons? Yes, we all did. And it's in those seasons, there's two things about that. Number one, nothing gets wasted in those dark times because God is going to use everything and redeem all things, and He's restoring all things. And so even in the things that we think were blow ups and failures he's kind of woven into that tapestry of our life. And when we come into a place of convergence, all of those things begin to make more sense. We begin to see the thread that goes through the tapestry of our life. And we see the purpose behind that. Sometimes on the way to our seat, we don't see the purpose in any of it. And sometimes once we're seated, we're still trying to figure that out, which is where I'm going. And so essentially, um, in every, in this new era, just recapping here, we're talking about an era of holy convergence, holy chaos, where all of the ages of the church are converging, and simultaneously we're converging too. Because this is, the, this is the grand preparation for the greatest revival the world's ever known, and that will go on until the end. And we've talked a lot about how you know, part of what we do, even in the places we cycle, I want to tell you what the purpose of the cycle is. When we cycle and we get to the threshold several times and we end up blowing up, the reason I say it's not wasted is because Jesus is dealing with the garbage in our heart. It's like, the, it's like we gotta have captivity taken out of our hearts so we can embrace freedom. It's like the Israelites, when they crossed over, they really had a problem in the land. They had a real problem trusting God as they came out of Egypt, not before they crossed over or coming out of Egypt, why? The hardest part was to get Egypt out of their heart because the thing that was familiar was captivity and the thing that was familiar was bondage. And so when you bring a people who have only known bondage, and for many of us, that means we've had years of bondage, maybe an addiction or whatever, or years of things blowing up or happening or going through cycles. So whenever we have those kinds of things happening, the issue that God is after is getting my orphan mentality out of my head. He's trying to get me into a place of being able to trust and believe. And so what happens in those years that we cycle, sorry, thirsty, is that we commit sin. We get a lot of things that get committed against us. And the product of all that um, blows up and agrees with all of our shame that we're defective, that nobody sees me, nobody knows who I am. Um, My pervasive feeling through most of my life was I'm lost. And it was the product of what happened. So you have this, you know, conglomeration of things that we do in our own sin when we live from a false place of reality, when we live from a false identity, just like the prodigal son. And then we have the things that happen to us And the grand product of that is what it does to the heart. And what it does is it creates a heart that knows bondage and captivity as being more familiar than freedom. It creates a heart sometimes where we can't even picture what freedom looks like because we've never known it. And essentially, there's a blindness in that place because, and how many times do we see this one, not only with ourself, but when you see somebody entrenched in the sin You know, when you see one of your kids involved in a relationship that's, that's totally destructive, you know, we, we see it, we see it eyes wide open, but they don't. Because the very nature of being addicted and the very nature of bondage is bondage is blindness. And we don't see what's going on with us. So in those places, we cannot picture what freedom looks like. Because the only thing that we can see is the darkness that's created in the bondage. Bondage brings blindness and the inability to see. And so in those places where we've cycled and we've come to that threshold multiple times, until God gets Egypt out of me, I won't cross over. Until captivity has been released from my soul because I believe who he really is, I know who I really am, and I know that he's good, then we don't cross over. And that's why we cycle, because Jesus is pulling Egypt out of us. And he's taking that thing which has been familiar, and he's saying, now you will live in the unfamiliar place. In the unfamiliar place, we're terrified because the only thing, I'll tell you the biggest thing that comes out of one of the biggest that comes out of our seasons of abuse and cycling is the need to control. We want to control everything. Why? Because we have so many inner vows. We have so many things that are tied to the things that have happened to us. And we've made a lot of commitments and a lot of covenants with death, with the enemy, with ourselves. We, we, we've got all, you know, behind every self-sabotage is a, is a mindset and a, construct of ways of believing. And and this is the house that gets built by the enemy inside of me, in my framework of my mind and my brain, right? It's the thing that the enemy builds, this whole house of cards in me, that agrees with my shame that says I'm separate from God, and agrees with my shame that says I'm alone and that I'm lost and that there's something wrong with me. So the enemy uses the shame that's already been put in there that's toxic, that's part of the DNA, my becomes almost like part of my DNA because he gets a lot of mileage out of it. If you take a shamed generation, lies work really well because the lie agrees with the shame and the shame reinforces the lie. So that's what happens. So we end up in this perpetual cycle of trying to come out of these places. And Jesus is literally healing the shame. He's letting us, when we come into the place of letting go of our orphanhood, and we realize that we're a son and a daughter, a manifest son and a daughter of God, and we know who we are, we become pretty much the biggest threat to the enemy on the planet. That's why there's a fight to get there. That's why every time we get to a threshold where we're crossing over, into destiny, things blow up. They will blow up and blow up until Egypt is out of me. Because Jesus is into habitation in this revival, that I am a habitation, that we are habitation. We don't do habitation with Egypt. They had habitation. They had the fire and the pillar and the cloud. They had habitation. And they couldn't see it. All they did was complain and moan. Oh my God, give me some meat. Give me this. Give me that. Why? They were a living in a habitation of the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And they couldn't see a thing. They couldn't see two feet in front of them. Why? Because of Egypt was still in their heart. It's the heart that he's freeing. And that's why he wants to get us out of bondage. There is no such thing as holiness as an outer construct. That's something we do when we try to manage our life in the middle of our bondage, right? And then we say, we don't do this, we don't do that, we don't do this, we don't do this. And I always say, how's that working for you, right? Managing my life in the context of bondage is like, it's lighting my own fire. It's the thing that the Bible, what he says in Isaiah where he says, if you walk by light of your own fire, you lie down in torment. And we wonder, why are we so tormented? Because we're still trying to live it out in our own strength and our own power. Because our season of Egypt has told us that in order to survive, we have to dominate, we have to be in control, we have to push through with radical perseverance and we have to, we have to be a survivor. And I, I thank God that many of us were survivors until we came into a place of freedom, that at least it brought us there. But it's not after surviving. Not in it to survive. This is not about survival. This is about habitation. This is about really living. My convergence, and when I come to that place in the threshold, where we're going to cross over, the purging that he does is he purges Egypt out of us. And he causes us to be loosed into the spirit of adoption when we cry, Abba, Father have to know who I am like Jesus before he did one thing. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. We start from a place of affirmation, affirmation of who we are as sons and daughters. And when we're in that place, we no longer live from a false self. The false self is locked up in Egypt, okay? That false self that emerges is essentially a prostitute. The false self is a prostitute because why? It doesn't know who we are, we don't know who we are, and we look to everybody else to define us. Leaders in the church, people in our family, the boss at work, we look to everybody to tell us who we are. That's how we know we're living out of false self. If you don't feel confident in who we are, And you don't feel like you're alive in his presence and that you can say, Abba, Father, that you know that your daddy is your daddy and who he is and that he's for you and that he's good, you're still in Egypt. That's right. We're not surviving. We're not into surviving. We're into thriving in this era. And so, thank you, Jamie. So, all of that to say, we get to the threshold. Oftentimes we blow up, but this time we're going in. And that's why the battle has looked like it has. That's why the war has been intense. I've been feeling a lot lately overwhelmed and um, just kind of discombobulated. And I, when I feel something that's greater than what it should be, I know that it's not just me. That overwhelmed feeling, I'm gonna define it for you right now and I'm gonna tell you where it is and where we're going. The reason I needed to be at my graduation was because it was God's way of saying, you're done. Complete. This era is completed. It was, it was more of a symbolic thing about the completion of an era. The assignment, Scott, that you've had for the seat that you've been in is now completed. The confusion comes in when I'm in between seats. Okay, who am I then? This is completed. This is my new seat, right? Well, I took my new seat already. But here's what's happening. Many of us, we've walked in, we've sat into our new seat, we're in it. We have the authority of heaven that backs us, right? But there are still loose ends that God's tying up right now. There are still things that have to be finished even in the natural so that they will be finished in the spirit. So right now, part of that confusion and overwhelmed is I'm in this place where I'm finishing some things for this last era of the church and season of life. At the threshold, thresholds are confusing times because we're in between two seats when we're in that threshold. Okay, so I'm in my new seat but I'm also finishing up assignments that were part of my old seat. So in the middle, I feel a little bit confused and discombobulated. I just want to say this, peace, be still. Don't worry, just listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. (laughs) He's got this one. He has really got this one under control. One of my biggest things in my entire life, and this is why the seat change and the thresholds have been challenging, is I grew up most of my life feeling lost and like nobody ever saw who I was. Because in my mind, I would feel rejected because it's like if you just saw me for who I was and you, and you saw who I am and, and, the, and the God, you know, what God had on my life. Like if you just saw, if you could see a little bit of the destiny that was on me, if you could see what I was really about, you know, if you could see me, um, just see me, then you would want me, right? But if your biggest issue in childhood is rejection, and the biggest thing you've known is rejection, then being seen becomes a big deal. And so we look through the lens, the old lens of I'm the rejected one, right? And we see everything as rejection. And so part of actually coming into a place of being seen is letting go of the rejection that is part of Egypt, right? That's Egypt, right? That's Egypt. That's Egypt. Part of Egypt is the rejection complex, right? It's full of it. And so I walk into life and I don't feel seen. I don't feel seen. The truth is we may have been being seen all along. It's because of our own inner bondage and the inner lens that we look through that we project onto others what we are experiencing. I feel unseen. Therefore, comment, you don't see me. Projection is real, guys. And projection, we only project things that are true in our own heart. Not necessarily the truth, but the thing that's already in there. We project onto others. That person's angry with me when I'm the one angry. That person doesn't see me when I'm the one who doesn't feel seen. That person, you see what we do? We project out of the heart. So tie this up. We are between assignments right now. There is some confusion in the mix. It's okay, God sees you. And when you are with a people that sees you, then those people will fully embrace who you are. And you really will be, you really will experience the thing that you've been longing for. When you're in the seat, in the seat that he has for you, you will be seen. You'll be seen, period you will be seen some of us have felt a little hidden in the in between it's okay we're finishing up one seats assignments we got a new seat with every new seat that we sit in there are new assignments right now we've been feeling a little bit between assignments but that that is going to lift in jesus name that fog is coming off of us and we're gonna to begin to see the enemy wants us to despair in the in-between as we come to the greatest threshold that we will ever cross. This threshold is more significant than any threshold you've ever crossed. So the battle is real, but Jesus sees you and he's radically committed to us crossing over. And that's why he's been radically committed to purging my soul of my unbelief and my rejection, my deprivation and the orphan and all of Egypt coming out of me because there is no habitation in captivity. There isn't. I can't do both. I have to be one who does habitation. And so Jesus... We, we align ourselves, we, we, we acknowledge and declare that we are sitting in our new seat. We declare that we are seen in this new seat, that the, the people who know who we are will find us and we don't have to go looking for them. The people that know who we are will, will, will be drawn like a magnet to us in Jesus' name. We don't have to do, you cannot employ the strategies in the last era every way that we tried to make it happen on our own, Jesus has completely eradicated that possibility. This is a place where everything that we've ever tried to do, every strategy you've employed, it isn't going to work because those were self-made strategies and we lie down in torment with them and we're not bringing torment with us. We're bringing freedom. And that's why none of that works. It just doesn't. In this new seat and this new season and this new era of the church, you will be seen. Your people will find you. Even if that means you get moved to be with the people who find you. It's a it's a place of great transition right now. Transitions are always messy but we got to know and we just acknowledge and declare that Jesus is Lord of the transition. And Jesus has already responded to my yes. So even in my transition, even in my place at the threshold, even at my place between finishing the assignments of one seat and coming into the new and being seated in that seat and getting a new assignment Jesus, we give you our unqualified yes. And we just say, let us be found. Join us and connect us to the people that you've created us to walk with in this next leg of the journey, in this new era. And we ask again for that profound grace that comes and revival that enables things to move that could not move. We thank you that that grace is pushing us over the threshold into the new seat and the new assignment right now in Jesus' name. We declare it. We decree it. It's true. It's done. Blessings, guys.